Hey, everybody, this is Lisa. Thanks for tuning in to yet another episode of Unfuck Your Life. And today I have a fabulous guest for you in the studio. We're going to learn a little bit about the art of striptease. Because now that I've dropped that little teaser for you, if you haven't done so already, can you take a quick second and hit that subscribe button? I really appreciate it. And now without further ado, let me introduce from for you the most fabulous, internationally known burlesque teacher, performer, star, any other name or alkylade you would like to give to her. She has it. Her name is Crystal Mischief. Let's give her a fabulous round of applause and say, welcome, Crystal. It is so good to see you. I'm so glad you showed up today. So delicious to see you, Lisa. How are you doing? Oh my goodness, honey. I am freaking fabulous. How about you? Magical. <laughs> Let's have some fun. <laughs> yes, we're going to have some fun. And yes, there's nothing wrong with your sound there. She has a lovely accent from New Zealand. I love to listen. I think I could listen to Crystal talk all day long and never get tired of her. She could just read the phone book. <laughs> She's going to be teaching us a lot more. I asked you before we started, what is the best definition of burlesque that you like to use? And you told me that it's the historic art of the strip tease with your delicious, salacious, saucy voice. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? There is um, burlesque and strip tease in itself has been around for like hundreds of years. And it's been called many things over the time as it, people have, authorities have tried to police it. So we've changed the spellings from exotic dances to burlesque with a Q to B-U-R-L-E-S-K, all the way through to what nowadays is called stripping. So it has a whole pile of different genres in the art form now. There's nerdlesque, there's boylesque, there's gorelesque, and basically it's growing so big now that you can, you can, whatever your taste is, you can definitely find all of the different flavors in burlesque. Ooh, I love that. So I'd like to get down and dirty really quick with a couple of really quick Ooh, yeah. questions. And <laughs> your clients, predominantly female, your clients are mostly female or they identify as woman, as female. And what what is your typical client? What is your client looking for when they sign up to take a class from you? What are they looking for? Yeah, so they, they come along to, to change something in their lives invariably. It may be the way that they see their body. It may be that they want to have more confidence and go out and go dating again after a relationship is split up. Or they just may want to address some demons that they've had from childhood. And and they they want to explore this more. And because in burlesque, it's as deep as you want to go. You can stay on the surface with the, the magical glitter and the rhinestones and the feathers and the, the classic burlesque, or you can go real deep in terms of the some of the satire and the 
comedy and the parody, or you can go down the route that I've gone down, which has been a healing, uh, it turned it into a healing modality through the use of dance and other tools like breathing and somatic tracking and meditation and those sorts of things. It depends on the person, but in essence, the, the, if I was going to sum it up into a sentence, Mm -hmm. it would be, I want to change and then whatever uh, then whatever they want to change i want to change fill in the blank the one (laughs) i like that that is fabulous so i did skip something on your introduction i'm going to ask you another question first and then i'm going to go back to your introduction what is something that surprises your students what happens what is there anything that surprises them it usually, oh, yes, oh, definitely. It usually happens about between class um, two and three, there is a big change. The, the, at, the end of the cl- at the end of class one, I see them walking out and they're moving differently. There's, they've had this change in the movement and the way that they're looking at their body. That really comes out in class, between class two and three, and they turn up to class three and their whole world had tra- transformed. The way that they move their body, the way that they've started thinking about how their body moves in the world, how they interact with other people. They're going out on the dance floor and having a, a bucket ton of fun that they didn't feel that they could have before. And they usually get quite surprised by this. And it's like, I never expected that to happen. And I'm sitting there going, sorry, happening. it's coming. <laughs> And yeah, in that time, we usually start delving into, and this is led by the students and their comfort levels more than anything. At that time, if they start delving into talking about uh, sharing intimate details about their intimate lives as well, and sometimes they'll start saying how they want to check out some more vibrators or in the bedroom or have a change in their intimate lives. And I know then that's not the change that they were expecting. They just, they wanted something a little bit different, but this has been so revelatory revolutionary in their lives and they yeah they just they're lapping it up and feeling so confident and happy about themselves it's been I love that are they noticing that they're moving different or are other people telling them say something about you's different what is it yeah it's a bit of both and what people will say to them is that oh you you look amazing and instead of batting that those beautiful compliments away they're like oh they're actually like they have a physical visceral reaction to it now and they're like and they hear it for maybe the first time and that's quite revolutionary in their world and so then that that helps of course that's happening and then they're feeling better about themselves or the changes that they're currently making as well so then you know, that uh, layers on top of that compliment and then another compliment and all of a sudden those parts of that, that, the body that they didn't like is now they have a part of their body that they like. And so they may like their butts or their boobs or their legs. And all of a sudden those wobbly bits and the saggy skin and the flappy arms or something that they didn't like has gone out of focus and the focus of on their boobs butt and legs has definitely sharpened and that's where they start to love their body they you see those very first tentative steps where they they really start to embrace this beautiful body that they've been given and they start to have a bit of fun with it it's it's magical it truly is magical to watch 
That really is because you can really tell when a woman owns her space authentically, she's not walking in the room trying to prove to everybody that she's a badass through force. Instead, <laughs> she has, would you say what's coming to me is like the definite feminine wiles, only they're not the feminine wiles from the Victorian era where <gasps> we have to behave in a certain way. <laughs> this is full on sass, sex, sauce. This is my fucking amazing body. And I am here to. Yeah, that's exactly it. And that's this, this sort of this come here kind of energy. This, I have arrived. Hi, who's here that I can talk to? <laughs> kind of thing. And it's this real anticipatory energy about it. And it's very feminine and very, just very delicious when a woman actually understands that real gentleness that doesn't need force. It, she just needs to be and inhabit her body and be there. And it is truly magical to see truly magical to see. Oh, I love that. Crystal, I know that you just came off a TED talk, I think a couple of months ago, and it's yeah. one of the only ones that was done during the pandemic last year in New Zealand. So it tell was, us yeah. about that TED talk. Just give us a quick little blurb and we'll give them a link so they can listen to your TED talk, the full TED talk later on. Sure, sure. I think I gave my coaches because in the TED and the TEDx that I'm doing, we had a six week coaching course, and I think I gave my coaches a few um, more grey hairs <laughs> the week before the we went into filming because we did a COVID proof event where our, all our speeches were filmed just in front of it was a closed studio so that <laughs> we were all safe. And um, the week before we went into filming, I threw out the speech that I've been working on and wrote a complete new one. <laughs> you know, it's amazing how many times that happens. I'm so glad that you followed your instincts because I bet that was a million times better than the, the other fabulous one that you were going to do. And that, that, I think the original one that I wrote is my second or my third TED talk. It's, it wasn't my first. It needed, my first one needed to be about my story and how I moved from trauma and grief and this real rock bottom where I walked in on my husband shagging someone else in bed with another woman, like literally in bed with another woman into uh, this wonderful, mind blowing world of, burlesque with sequins and sparkles and showgirls and being on stage and all of those sorts of delicious things and it really caught my attention because for me at that stage when I was in that real dark space I was suicidal I was about to lose my job I was knee-deep in grief so I had a lot of trauma going on and I needed something that would boost me up and that's what burlesque did for me and I just I didn't really feel, I came into it for the classes just to feel better about myself. And then from there, I stayed because of the friendships, because of the things that I learned. I would never have started studying neuroscience if I didn't, didn't go to burst classes because I wouldn't have had that confidence. I wouldn't have been able to go through and actually back myself and go, yeah, I can actually do this instead of carrying around the story that I did for 36 years, which was I'm too dumb because I had two years remedial maths in between my primary school and when I was about 11 years old. So I carried that story for so long and it really affected my life. Whereas 
with the, through the magic of burlesque, I've been able to change that story. And mm -hmm. it's just, it literally has been life-changing. That is fabulous. On a TV show that I watch on, I think it's on Amazon Prime, it's called The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. She's uh, emceeing in a strip club. They do burlesque. And it was funny because in the beginning, everybody was just bored. And as I've watched different videos of women doing burlesque, it's not so much about the men. It's not so much about proving to the men and trying to turn them on. Everything is about the woman enjoying her appeal, her energy, her power, her empowerment, that it's all about her owning the stage. And what I really love Absolutely. is in all the burlesque performers that I've seen on TV and things like that, because I'm signing up for a course myself, is that they have bodies of all different shapes and sizes. Yeah, I, and they own their body like they are the most sexiest. And because yeah. they own that space, my God, they're freaking fabulous. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Now, it's, that's the key thing because the difference between burlesque and stripping, aside from the hours, with, when you're stripping, you're working a 12-hour shift, you've got a whole pile of house rules, it's not a choreographed routine, someone else chooses your music, uh, chances are, you may have chosen what you're wearing that night and may have chosen your footwear. Um, you may not have. It may just be there in the strip club that you can use. And yeah, whereas burlesque is the total opposite. I get to create my own music. I get to do all my own choreography, create my own costumes and do all my hair, own hair and makeup as well. And if I choose to only take off a bra, mm -hmm. then that is my choice. That is, I have so much agency in this art form. Whereas in stripping, I don't. If it's a slow night, then I'm going to get fine left, right and centre because the club needs to make money and I can, they can take money from me by finding me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's two different worlds. Different, same but different. But again, it's that the focus is 70, I think my audience numbers and the, my audience demographics, I think it's 75% women. And Is there a typical age range for women who are yeah. checking out burlesque? Yeah. So my students range between 18 and I think the oldest were uh, 68. Well, that's quite a range. That's pretty much everybody. 18 <laughs> to 68 and counting. That's pretty much, it's all of right. us ladies. <laughs> it is all but of us. saying that because this hits people whisperings of their soul hits people at different times and different ages because of different experiences in their life journey. So it's never just going to happen at age 23 or age, whatever age you are. I was 36 when I came into burlesque. So I'm not exactly the youngest on the block and I'm not exactly the size, um, the size 14 in New Zealand or the size six in America. It's not like, I don't fit the conventional beauty thing. And my tagline is the heavyweight of New Zealand burlesque because I am literally the biggest, in, in terms of size-wise, body-wise, the biggest international touring burlesque performer from New Zealand. Wow. So why not have a tagline that says that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because the very first thing that I notice when I see you, Crystal, is there is this, your last name is mischief. There is this mischief in your eyes. It's very mischievous and is almost the invitation. I'm about to do something where it's not exactly 
evil or wrong. However, it's deliciously naughty. Would you like <laughs> to play? That is what I always feel the invitation from you is whenever I see you. That's, that's bang on. And it's I've been that way since I was like literally a baby. My um, parents would say that the minute that I went quiet, they knew that they were walking into the size of the mischief. <laughs> this whole room would be covered with my creation. And it's like, yeah, okay, that was actually an intact room before. Now there's stuffing everywhere. So it, that's always been there. And it's definitely a superpower of mine because I can just arrive in a room and mischief is absolutely unleashed and I had nothing to do with it I, I hadn't even put my bag down when I was when it was mid thing I guess it's in my field that I'm here to play I'm here to have a whole it's definitely time. in your field what yeah. I really love as we're talking a little bit more about this is that I'm just it's like uh, so I'm going back to like childbirth and I remember when I first saw those women giving birth and they're like mm -hmm. all stripping down naked and I'm thinking, oh my God, do I have to strip down naked in order to give birth to this baby? How could I do that? All this conversation going in my head and then came the childbirth, the actual childbirth and I'm like, fuck all these clothes. Everything comes off. This is, <laughs> this is primal. And so you said that the women are there, they are surprised. And tell me about them owning that space, that new, because we're talking a radical paradigm shift here. We are talking from maybe yep. that person before walked with their head down a little bit. And tell yep. me about that paradigm shift. I guess this is what Rutherford felt like when he split the atom to begin with. Uh, Just that shell. It's a force of nature. It's a force. It truly is force of nature it gives me like goosebumps every single time I see it happening or remember it or talk about it and it is just one of those things that I can start to see at the beginning and those little sparks of it happening and it is I don't think I've truly got the language yet mm -hmm. to describe it because it's it is part magic and it, it's you're literally going back to your, your core, your creation and really digging deep and, and going past all of those limiting stories and limiting beliefs that you've been carrying around for so many years mm -hmm. as well. The way that you thought you were supposed to. Yeah. And so all of a sudden there's that slate wiped clean. And you're not, you don't have to play up to those stories anymore. You don't have to live to those stories anymore. And the sense of freedom, mm -hmm. the sense of, then there's this whisperings of agency in there where they, where these beautiful beings start to understand that they can have this control throughout all of their life. Wow. And that becomes intoxicating. And when they spend a little bit more time with me and go through and do, because I have three levels of classes. And when they spend a little bit more time with me and go through and do the third level, then we're getting quite, we're getting into some real deep things there as well. And this whispers of agency, that, that intoxication really comes back to, we start, we then start talking about how that having that internal validation Mm -hmm. of when you say you're going to do something and then you show up and you do it and you do it for yourself. You don't mm -hmm. do it for anyone else. 
and you get this massive rush of all of these beautiful chemicals and the serotonin, the dopamine and, the, and those sorts of things. And it's really addictive. And it is just one of the most potent processes I've ever been through. And I never want to give it up. Wow, absolutely. So I'm only going to touch on this for a second because I feel that this is probably going to be, I'll have you on as a guest later in the future. And so what I want to talk about is I have a lot of women clients who have a really messed up, excuse me, messed up thought process about sex, about being a sexual being, about encouraging sex, about any of that. There are so many stories because of being raped, incest, all of, I grew up as a member of the Catholic church and oh my God, can you imagine being raped by a grandfather on one part and being told by your mom for how many freaking years that you're not supposed to encourage boys or any of that kind of stuff. And so the messages get so freaking convoluted. Yeah. And for a lot of my clients, getting them to reclaim, making them or allowing them to feel empowered that they're reclaiming their sexuality for them. So we talked about it before. It's got nothing to fucking do with men or whoever you're attracted to or anything like that. It's that. So do you think we should save that? Let's talk about that for just a second. And then we'll probably deep dive on it later. Oh yeah, definitely. (laughs) Because when you, you overlay all of that trauma, Mm -hmm. then you overlay the stress that we have in just being human. And invariably women are the primary providers for children or for their their parents kind of thing, older folks as well. So you overlay back-to-back meetings at work with doing a school run, making sure the kids are fed and watered and you grow them, you put water over yeah. them and then you put them to bed and they, they grow with that bedtime thing. So you've got, by the time you get to that, space in the day where it's space for you. you've you're that high into decision fatigue you're exhausted mm-hmm. and you're the last on the list yes and so that that go and that constant caring for others as well means that we're not caring for ourselves as persons too yes and so you overlay that with trauma as well and then yeah. all of a sudden you've got some really big barriers that yeah. you're that is actually operating in your unconscious mind. Yeah. These are things that are, they may be conversations that have gone on multiple times in your life and they're in that automatic part of your, of yeah. your brain, of your mind. And that's then the operating system that actually runs your life if you're not conscious about it. Right. Which means that if you haven't acknowledged that there's that trauma, that abuse, that, that sexual energy has been that flame has actually not just been turned down, it's been oh, it's been turned off. Yes. It's totally been turned protection off. measures because you need to keep yourself alive. And so it's been turned off because a lot of those circumstances, it's very dangerous to to have that on. One of the things that I'm working on at the moment is a confidence series. And my first part of that offering, it's called a course called Calm Expansion. One of the very first things that I do every single time in that course is I ask the woman sitting in the room to look around the room that they're currently in and look for the threats or things that can distract Mm -hmm. them in that room. And just allowing that space and acknowledging that your brain and your body is a highly honed threat detection system. Very highly honed. Allows them to actually go, 
ah, okay, there's no threats in this room. There's no saber-toothed tigers. I can see, great, I can now relax. And then that deepens the remainder of the tools and uh, meditations and things that we will, that we do in the class. And we actually go really deep and it in such, like it literally feeds your soul and helps create that spark because, and turn on your healing mode in your body, which is your parasympathetic nervous system. Yes. So without turning on your parasympathetic nervous system, if you've been rushing around, you're in fight, flight, freeze, or fawn which means that you're just in survival mode. Mm -hmm. And to get into that beautiful, sexy anticipation mode, you've got to turn on your parasympathetic, your healing system, and so that you can enjoy that. And when you've had, when you've had these traumas in your life, mm -hmm. then your threat system becomes um, hypervigilant. Which means that it, yes. it sees threats coming at, you know, 14 blocks away, as opposed to the one that's in the room. Incredibly important system that we require to keep us alive, mm -hmm. but it's just gone on hyperdrive because it's kept you safe. And I, when I'm working in the, in my calm expansion course, I'm working with that sort of thing so that we can actually dial those responses down to a more normal, no, when I say normalized, just within the system that it's supposed to work. Because it's yes. an incredibly powerful system when, when it's working correctly, when it's working as it's intended. But when it's not, when it's in that hyper function, hyper functionality, then it's, it, it's slowing you down and actually keeping you stuck where you are stuck. Exactly, exactly. This is definitely, we'll, we'll definitely go into a lot deeper in this in a, in a future show because all of you ladies out there, everybody out there, men that are out there listening, that your flame had been turned off when there's any kind of trauma and abuse, even yeah. if there is prostitution that you believe goes on in your life somehow, that's, that is the hype, that's hypervigilance, that's everything that you've been trained, that's not you. Absolutely. It's you being in your sexuality for yourself. And that is, and you see Crystal's face right now, she's just glowing. And that, that is that really cool space. It is that space. And you only get to touch if I should choose to invite you. Gene Simmons once said that he was in a, with an, in a relationship with Cher many, I think way back in the seventies, sometime after a split from Sonny Bono. And he said that you were in a relationship with Cher because Cher selected you to be in a relationship with her. And he said, that was sexy as hell. And that's mm -hmm. what happens. Everything that you've said today, that is exactly what happens is that it's there when we issue the invitation. Someone to get to enjoy our delicious body. Definitely. And Definitely. they need to have theirs for us to enjoy. And <laughs> because, they need to pleasure because, us. Because it's, it's that equal and opposite balance, right? Yes. So as a Newton's third law, that everything has an equal and opposite reaction. And so you need that to maintain that polarity to keep that attraction alive as well. So it's, you've got to be working on this, folks. You've got to be working ah. on this. Whether you're a man or woman, mm -hmm. um, you've got to be taking, because we lead such busy lives, you've got to be taking care and actually making space, putting down the devices, put down the phone, have those phone-free days um, and computer-free days where you can actually be and be 
and your potency and your power as when you're as we're intended. In your potency and in your power. I love that. I think I've gone a little bit long here. I just want to ask you one other quick question. And that is that if you could teach the world just one thing, if you could just give one message that everyone would go, ha, look happy. Definitely just, it would be that when you're in your body, when instead of having stressed brain, stressed head, and when you're up here and you're racing about all of those appointments and then doing the school run and the lunch run and the dinner run and the, and all of the things and having the 9 million Zoom meetings, stuff like that, you're up here in your head. And the one thing I would say is go down into your heart because your heart is such a potent space and is it can be measured three meters away i think it's four feet away from you like they can actually measure it with electrical devices and stuff and when you're in your heart space you're in that beautiful space where you're coherent and that's as sexy as that is sexy as hell yes thank you thank you we look forward to having you as a guest again we'll get together and brainstorm a couple more things that we'd like to chat about and get some tidbits from our guests as well. So you mentioned the classes that you are teaching. Somebody wants to get a hold of you, please. Can you tell them how to get a hold of you, Crystal? Sure. If you go to my website, I'm on Facebook and under Crystal Mischief or Sparkle Force Academy of Burlesque. I have a whole series of information and educational information rolling out on the Sparkle Force platform, uh, particularly on social medias. So if you go to Sparkle Force Academy of Burlesque on Facebook and Instagram, and or if you can, if you go to the website, which is F for Fabulous, Apple. And um, be for, be for bravo.co.nz, that's sfab.co.nz, then you'll be able to find the website. There. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you have any other questions, and please feel free to shoot them to me. We'll have Crystal on again, and we will chat some more and have a lot more salacious fun. So if you haven't already, go ahead, hit the subscribe button. Thank you for tuning in. Remember, tell your friends all about the podcast, Unfuck Your Life. I'm so fucking glad that you were here today to join us. So you guys have a fucking fabulous week. Until next time, this is Lisa. Bye-bye. You have fun. You feel empowered. You feel that confidence. Unfuck Your Life podcast is to help you grow your current self-worth to maximum confidence. So listen, subscribe, share, and get ready to have a kick-ass life. Interested in learning more about Lisa? Go to lisagrunden.com. L-I-S-A-G-R-U-N-D-E-N.com.